You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I know we should all just be so happy that we have baseball. We should be appreciative of the fact that we're able to watch a Met game every night. But my God, just another painful game to watch another brutal loss another day of losing confidence in Edwin Diaz but even more than Diaz who I'll rip in a second the bats are just god awful right now and it continued really from last night because last night in the ultimate tease I'm recording this on Thursday night so last night is the first game of the city field portion when they have bases loaded nobody out against Brandon Workman, who can't throw a freaking strike, and they put together some of the worst at-bats you'll ever see. Really, the worst being Conforto's strike out on a fastball right down the middle, and then Cespedes going after every Brandon Workman curveball out of the strike zone he'd offer him, and then Cano with the tease, but it continued tonight. Look, Martin Perez isn't any good. He's not. And the Mets couldn't take advantage of the fact, and it started right out of the gate when he walked Conforto on four pitches in the second inning, and he strikes out Cespedes, and he strikes out Dozier, and Conforto's trying to steal. He's out by a country mile. And even in the third inning, when they got their one clutch hit of the day, Jeff McNeil's two-run single, they have a chance to jump all over Martin Perez. They have a chance to knock his ass out of the game. And J.D. Davis just missed one. But then here's the king, Michael Conforto, striking out. I know we defended Conforto a lot on our Thursday show, but what a mess he is right now. And his approach at the plate and the strikeouts just piling up. It's only seven games, but hold on. It's only seven games and eight teams make the playoffs from each league, and two teams in the National League East are inactive right now. Okay, I know all of that. All of that's true. But this is painful to watch. And there was never a moment in this game, even in the eighth inning, when they were set up. There was never a moment in this game where you thought they were going to get that big hit. Now, I'll tell you this, though. It does feel that they are a hit away from breaking out of it. But when the hell's that hit going to come? It obviously didn't come in these two games at City Field against some mediocre pitcher. You can't tell me Brandon Workman is any good right now or Matt Barnes or Heath Hembry or Martin Perez or any of these crap pitchers they haven't been able to hit. The at-bat in the eighth inning by Jeff McNeil, in which he was battling, and really, really battling Matt Barnes, and then flied out to left field was a little bit of a buzzkill. But then J.D. Davis comes through with a base hit, and then you got the Conforto strikeout, the Yoannis walk. I'll give him some credit for laying off that fastball that was close. And I'll get to the second guessing or first guessing of Luis Rojas, and this is a first guess, 
I would have gone Dom Smith for Andres Jimenez. And you've got enough bench players to make it work. All right, you still have Luis Guillaume on your bench. So it's not as if because they took out Dozier with Cano as a pinch hitter and they took out Cano with Jimenez as a pinch runner, I still would have gone Dom Smith. And I know Andres Jimenez had a nice day yesterday, had his RBI triple, had his two first major league hits, but bases loaded, two out, down a run. The way Dom's looked, I had more confidence in Dom. It's not the most egregious move ever. Look, the only thing that Rojas has done so far that I think even borderlines on egregious is how he handled Justin Wilson in the Wednesday night game. Outside of that, everything else is, you know, it's it's a fair discussion. I, I'm sure half the people listening right now say, no, no, you got to let Andres Jimenez hit. He had two hits the night before. But my gut at the time was, give me Dom. Space is loaded, two out, you're down by a run. It certainly felt like the game was on the line. And he sticks with Jimenez, who ends up grounded out to first base. And I thought strike one was a brutal call, by the way, by Sean Barber, the home plate umpire. I'm not going to sit here bitching about the umpiring. It's one call. It didn't change everything. He still had a 2-1 count when he tapped it to Chavez at first base. But still, the 1-0 pitch to Jimenez was off the plate. It should have been 2-0. But the biggest problem with this team right now, and it's continued over the last two games, is they just can't by a big hit. And the quality of the at-bats, led by Conforto and Cespedes, are for the most part just awful. Their approach at the plate is awful. And I'll tell you something else that bothered me. Ninth inning of this game, they're only down by two. They should have been down by more with the way Edwin Diaz crapped the bed, which I'll get to in a second. How is Wilson Ramos swinging at the first pitch against Brandon Workman? You have a guy in Workman who you saw yesterday, and you saw him really labor in that ninth inning. And he may have faced everybody. He didn't face Ramos. Ramos was like the one guy to face him because Workman faced, I think, like eight hitters, seven hitters in that ninth inning. But he threw a ton of pitches. Threw over 30 pitches. I was, I was actually sort of surprised that Renicky went to him. But you know what? He's trying to get his second straight win. It's early in the season. The guy's had a lot of rest. He figures, what the hell? I'll go back to Brandon Workman. Who else am I going to? You know? Am I going to Ryan Brazier? Am I going to Walden? Who am I going to? So fine, he goes to Brandon Workman. Brandon Workman's biggest issue in that Wednesday game was throwing strikes, especially strike one. You are down by two runs in this game. It's not a one-run game anymore. It's a one-run game. I'll buy it a little bit, thinking Ramos is trying to crank one right out of the gate, jump all over a fastball, tie the game up. You're down by two runs. You need base runners. And he's swinging at the first pitch. And look, it annoyed all of us that you could time Ramos's, you know, speed to first base on a sundial. But he hits a tapper. And my God, I mean, it took forever for Devers to get to the ball, double clutch, I think, throw to first. And Ramos almost beat it, which means any other human being running to first base beats that throw. But now Wilson Ramos. The one guy or one of the few guys that you can't hate right now is Brandon Nimmo. Puts together consistent quality at-bats. Did it the night before against Workman. Gives you the base hit just to tease you a little bit. Give you a little tease. Just a little bit. Tying run at the plate. Rosario's coming up. By the way, Rojas' day off cooled his ass off. And then Pete Alonzo, who took, I mean, a minor step back today. He almost hit a home run in the fifth inning. Hit the ball well, but he strikes out to end the game. And what else is new? The Mets take two victories in Boston. 
in which I'm not the only one, but a lot of us are dumb enough to kind of laugh about the Red Sox pitching. Ha ha, they suck. They're so bad. Uh, what are they doing? And the Mets go back to City Field. And I know they scored five runs in the first game, but it was the weakest five runs you'll ever see. And they score two stinking runs in the finale of this series. But here's the numbers that matter. One for ten. They were one for ten with runners in scoring position. And if you look at Michael Conforto the last two nights, he's had five at-bats since his first inning at-bat where he had that base hit, but the run didn't score and they loaded the bases up. Since that first inning at-bat, he is 0 for his last seven. Five of them came with runners in scoring position. And so in the first game at City, they go three for 14. In this game, they go one for 10, add it up. I'm not doing it. I'm tired. Add it up. That's dog crap. And you're not going to win games that way. And, and that's, that's, that's why they lost these games. And we could sit here all day and we could talk about Edwin Diaz, who I will get to. We could talk about Justin Wilson. We could talk about Seth Lugo. We could even talk about Matts. He was mediocre. I mean, basically, Christian Vasquez was the star of this game and really the star of the last two games. I mean, think about it. He had a home run in the first game and drove in three, including the real backbreaker, that two-run single in which Wilson shouldn't have been in the game. So he drove three of the six runs in in the first game, and he drove in all three of the runs in this game. So again, do the math because I'm lazy. That means he drove in six of the nine runs the Red Sox scored over the last two days. But the reason... They lost these last two games is the big hit. That's what it comes down to, the big hit. I know they had a few leads in the first game. I get it. I know they even had a lead in this game that lasted 35 seconds, and Steven Matz was unable to deliver that shutdown inning. Gives up a a two-strike, two-run home run to Vasquez, too. He's ahead of them 0-2, but they can't hit. They can't hit at all. Now, let me get to Diaz. Look. If the spin you wanted to have on Edwin Diaz after the blown save on Saturday is, uh, you know, it was one pitch and it was a good pitch and you got to give the hitter credit. If that's the spin you wanted to tell yourself or you wanted to believe, tonight just blew it up. I'm sorry. Tonight just destroyed it. He can't find the strike zone. He walks Verdugo. He gives up that base hit to Chavez, which is not, look, it was a CNI hit still, but he couldn't put him away, had a few chances to, and then he just can't even come close to finding a strike against Ben Benintendi. And I give him credit for the strikeout on Devers because after he struck out Devers, I actually thought to myself, wow, this, you know, this could all work out. He's putting the bases loaded. Maybe he'll strike out the side to get out of it. We're going to look back at this game. (laughs) I tell myself this garbage. We're going to look back at this game as the game that turned Edwin Diaz around. And then he hits Peraza on a 3-2 pitch. (laughs) You can't make it up. Booze. No booze. Zoom calls with the media. No Zoom calls with the media. He stinks. He stinks until proven otherwise. I don't want to hear about his stuff. I don't want to hear about his velocity. I don't want to hear about what he's doing with Jeremy Hefner. Tonight, this game, this game blows away the whole, it was one real good pitch that Marcelo Zuna happened to hit over the fence. And I I give Rojas credit for this. 
He didn't sit around and let it get worse, which was a possibility. I mean, it really was. You know, we trust Edwin Diaz. He'll get out of it. He went to Paul Sewald, who stunned all of us by actually keeping the game close. But you know what? All keeping the game close did was give you a tease, just like the first game. Just give you a little tease. Ah, they're only down by two. They got a shot. Oh, tying run at the plate. Rosario and Alonzo. Oh, they got a shot. Well, the truth is they didn't have a shot. They lost two games in a row to a team that at times at Fenway looked like they were turning on each other and giving up. A team that has no pitching whatsoever. And yet this Met offense somehow managed to make that incompetence look good over the last two nights. Now, I said this earlier and I'll say it again because I do repeat this to myself to calm myself down. Not only, A, is it just great that we're watching baseball. Forget that crap. Hey, it's seven games of 60, which is still a a small sample size. Eight teams make the playoffs, which means you don't even have to be that competent to make the playoffs. And right now you got two teams in the division that aren't even playing baseball anymore, at least for now with the Marlins and the Phillies. But you know what? With all of that said, it still pisses you off. And if you're pissed off right now, If you're a Met fan listening to this and you're annoyed, you have that stomach ache still kind of sitting there after this performance. This is just a reminder that no matter what they do to the playoff format, no matter what they do with the schedule, you take these games seriously. It's the way I feel watching the NBA, you know? Some people say, how do you get so annoyed or so excited over a basketball win in the middle of February? If you've question that about me or anybody else then question yourself right now because we are in the midst of a basketball season essentially a 60 game season that may not even be completed but you know what for the sake of this podcast they're going to complete it a 60 game season which is shorter than the NBA and you have as many teams making the playoffs but the reality is you care because you're a fan and watching god-awful at-bats and watching Edwin Diaz's suckitude, and watching Steven Matz not be able to build at all over his first start, which was brilliant against Atlanta, frustrates you. As far as Matz is concerned, I actually got into an argument with somebody who said, uh, he's a Yankee fan, but he texted me and said, do you think Steven Matz is a bust? I said, no, he's not a bust. I mean, if you expected him to be an ace, he's a bust. If your expectation was he's a one or two, then yeah, he's a bust. He's a middle to back of the rotation guy till proven otherwise. Till proven otherwise. He has a chance to change that, but he hasn't. And and today was the performance of a back of the rotation guy. His first start against the Braves, the tease as we talk about. If you're a believer, he can make that jump. And this start against Boston was very, very back of the rotation, mediocre-esque. He gave up the eight hits in five and a third innings. Gave up a lot of hard hit balls. I thought it was fortunate at times. He had the Peraza caught stealing, which was just mind-numbingly stupid. I mean, that one was, that was an all-timer. You've got Xander Bogarts at the plate. You're on second with two outs, and you're trying to steal third? I mean, I, I can never be a manager in baseball. If I was Renicky, I would have benched his ass as soon as that happened. I would have said, unless you can give me a reason why you did this, you I am gluing your derriere to the bench. So I didn't even think Matt's was, was as good as his line, and his line wasn't very good. 
And I was sort of surprised that Rojas let him start the sixth inning at 91 pitches after five. And it turned out to not be much of a big deal. He got an out. He gave up a hit. He goes to Drew Smith. And Drew Smith, and I'm glad I mentioned his name, because of all the just crap we saw tonight, the lack of hitting, Diaz, Mats, whatever you want to come up with to complain about, I'm trying to hit on all of them. Drew Smith was the big positive you take out of this game. Seriously. Comes in, strikes out Chavez, gets Benintendi out, dominant one, two, three, and he's got a good arm. To quote Joe Beningo, you know, maybe we got something with this guy. And yes, we all trust him over Edwin Diaz. Boy, I, I tell you, how is Luis Rojas going to handle Edwin Diaz now? He is not, he's not, you can't even consider using him in the ninth inning with a lead. You can't even consider it. Can't be an option. He could have gone back to Diaz in a safe situation. It would have pissed us all off, but we would have said, all right, you know, we'll buy the one bad pitch thing. Let's see what he does. After a performance like this, he can't. He can't sniff the ninth inning. You can't do that. You don't have to name a closer, but clearly Edwin Diaz is behind Lugo. He's behind Batances. He's behind Familia again, who actually had a good night tonight. I mean, you're almost going to have to use Edwin Diaz in a completely different role. Sixth inning, down four, or up four, or something of that nature. You can't trust him in the ninth inning. Not after what we saw today. Bottom line is the Mets lost. They lose two games to the Red Sox. They win two in Fenway. They lose two at City. They're one and four at home. They're two and oh on the road, and now they've got four games against the Braves. I'm not confident. I'm not feeling good. But, hey, we have baseball. <laughs> we have baseball to watch. Uh, I wanted to do this podcast because I'm not sure how much we'll be able to talk about the Mets or the Yankees on our Friday show. We're actually on after the Brooklyn Nets game and then right before the Yankees-Red Sox game. So it's a short show, probably not a lot of recapping. The Yankee game just restarted, so I paused it. I'm now going to post this podcast, and I'm going to go watch the rest of the Yankee game. Anyhow... Misery loves company. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.